the student athletes don't get paid. Uh, they are basically pawns in what is a massive industry. What do we do about this? We just let it continue the way it is right now? Well, I think it's immoral to let it continue on the way that it is right now, especially when you're talking about the very two top sports that are the biggest money generators being football and basketball. But the fact of the matter is, when you look at the the complications with Title IX and how do you handle that conversation? When you look at some of the smaller tier schools who aren't generating as much money as the larger schools, how do you handle that conversation? Well, you know, however much money is getting made, the most valuable thing when you're a young person is in education. And if you start throwing contract dollars at these kids and you take their eyes off that ball, you're doing them a real disservice. For Sponsored by Lexus. AT&T at the half is presented by AT&T. Our game is brought to you in HDTV by HP. Coke Zero presents real fans of NCAA March Madness. Pretty soon, the only thing left to sponsor will be the sponsorships themselves. And now Pepsi presents a Geico look at Nabisco's Toyota Moment of the Game, brought to you by Taco Bell. The deepest questions. The darkest intuitions. This is The Moral Trigger. America is one of the only countries in the world that cares deeply about college sports. So deeply, in fact, that we spend billions upon billions on tickets, merchandise, and many other things that, let's be honest, maybe shouldn't be bought. Football programs alone tend to generate the revenue for all other sports to be played because of the huge television contracts. It's argued that college football and college basketball actually are more popular than their professional counterparts because of what the sports do to local communities, both monetarily and socially. However, with all this money, there inevitably are unintended consequences that follow, and the biggest one being the ability and the willingness of the NCAA to pay the people who bring in all the cash, which of course are the student-athletes. Some kids win national championships and are featured on SportsCenter, yet they get suspended if their coach buys them a plane ticket to see deceased family members because they don't have the funds themselves. This seems backwards, and in this episode, I talked with Adam of the Surviving the Season podcast, which is on iTunes and wherever you listen to podcasts. We talked about the many problems surrounding paying college athletes. He has extensive knowledge about football, and we get into the many issues and implications. So without further ado, here is my discussion with Adam. All right, so I am here with Adam from Surviving the Season, which is a Brown sports podcast on iTunes. How's it going, Adam? Hey, what's up, man? Thanks, uh, thanks for inviting me on. Should be a good time. Yeah, absolutely. So this is a show where I usually tend to get into more, you know, philosophical and societal issues, but I wanted to find a way to bring sports into it because I am such a huge football fan. I've been, you know, been watching it for years and I didn't play um, on a sports. I didn't play on an actual team. What happened was I had wanted to, but I was playing receiver and I got hit so hard by a cornerback and I was like, you know what? I'm actually going to learn how to play guitar instead. So that kind of switched my, <laughs> switched my path from maybe wanting to be, cause I played, I was a pitcher in baseball for years but I wanted to play football but I was like nah that's not for me I'm just gonna watch it but so but I wanted to think of kind of ways how could I bring sports into uh this you know this type of podcast where it's more philosophical and ethical issues so we're gonna get into why and or why not uh the you know, it's kind of the reasons for and against paying college athletes so kind of wanted to start off it with uh could you give what you think is kind of the best arguments for paying them yeah, yeah, I th I think I can't. First off, I would just want to say that, like right now, what you're talking about moral arguments, it, what's going on now with the NFL and politics, really inserting itself with ESPN right. and the presidents having comments. It's sports is more than ever part of like a mainstream com conversation right now. That's very true. Absolutely. So, paying college players. <laughs> it's such a hard when I first heard of it I was like huh wait first I just kind of thought that they did because I was like wait a minute I'm watching them on national television um, and you know there's hundreds of thousands of people uh, in the stands it seems and millions of people but they're not getting paid so I, I admit I at first kind of was just shocked at first that they didn't receive or that they actually get in trouble for compensation but obviously we'll get into that yeah, yeah the by far the best argument for paying the players is the players are playing they're the ones on the field they're the ones practicing sacrificing their time uh you know basically working for the the 
the university, putting the university on TV, how much money is made, ticket sales, alcohol sales, uh, sponsorships. Um, I mean, the list goes on and on and on, and the players receive nothing. And that's what's great. Well, if you ask some people, they say, well, they get an education from some of the best schools. And I actually heard a quote from John Oliver that was pretty funny. He was like, an education is about as, um, what do you say? It's about as stable a currency as Bitcoin or something like that. And I was like, well, <laughs> he kind of has a point there. But um, and I think it's worth mentioning here is that the term student athlete was uh, that's kind of what a lot of people say when they say, oh, well, they don't get paid because they're student athletes. They're not regular athletes. And I wanted to point out that the term student athlete was actually invented by I believe it was the president of the NCAA at the time. But it was back in like the 50s. And it was specifically to avoid workman's comp. And so I was wondering what you thought about that. Well, the, the, it's it's a perfect idea. If you call them student athletes over and over and over, and you you make the language what they are. I mean, you use the language to 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 really drive home that point. Mm-hmm. That's why it's so important that they always say it, student athletes. Even in their commercials, you'll watch uh, the Buckeyes later. I know you're a Buckeyes fan. Mm-hmm. Ohio State will have uh, an ad during the broadcast, and they'll talk about our student athletes and. And all these programs they'll talk about, but if they talk about athletes, student athlete will come up. They'll right. never and refer to a, a college football or basketball player as anything other than student athlete. Yeah, that's so true. It's, that's so true. Now the thing about uh, right before the press conferences, after these kids win national championships, uh, they did, and here's our student athletes on this like. Does that really make sense? Because when you're looking at it, so I was looking at some of the, uh, the numbers that. And I found out that March Madness alone, which isn't, you know, isn't even football related, this is basketball related, that brings in a billion dollars, right? And that's more than the Super Bowl and almost more than the entire NFL postseason combined. Holy shit. No, I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I mean, yeah, sure, uh, March Madness does take, it is a month, and so it's, it's a lot of games. But the, the fact this is... The Super Bowl is, you know, the the biggest stage of the world, right? Isn't that what they say? Because, you know, hundreds of millions of people watch it. But yet, college basketball makes more money than the NFL postseason. That's just ridiculous. Yeah, I, I, I used to work in Vegas. That's one of the biggest gambler holidays, March Madness. It oh, really? It brings so many people to the town. Oh, wow. The Super Bowl is also a huge weekend, but that's one weekend. Right. March Madness goes on, I think, three weeks or four weeks. It's so busy there there's so many people it's a gambler's holiday mm-hmm. and so there's just tons of people in the city that all bring money and they're all gamblers yeah that's it's an awesome event mm-hmm. absolutely now so one of the pros that i so i was watching uh it was actually a cnn crossfire bit with van jones and newt gingrich and if if our listeners aren't, aren't aware van jones is uh, you know typically um among the left he's more liberal and newt gingrich was uh, I believe he was the House, uh, the, the leader of the House in, in the 90s, but he's a staunch conservative. But he was actually on the side, uh, as Newt Gingrich was actually on the side of paying athletes. And I thought that was kind of surprising because Van Jones coming from the left was saying, you know, uh, the most important thing we need to have is an education. And these guys are getting the life lessons and they're going to these great schools. And I just thought that was kind of surprising. I, I, I would think that someone more conservative would think that and as opposed to, you know, someone not. I don't know if you have any thoughts about that. <laughs> Absolutely. No, it, I'm surprised it's that way around. What, what's funny is just because if, if Van Jones made his point first, then, of course, Gingrich has to argue against it. So <laughs> he'll just true. take the other position. <laughs> right. It doesn't matter really what they're arguing. Just I'm, I'm the opposite position no matter what you said. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> no doubt about that. So one of the things that, they, uh, that he was kind of saying, you know, was that if we did pay them, so we can kind of get into the, the arguments for against them. So now we, we've been kind of saying a little bit why we should. There's a little bit of ethics that goes involved since, you know, they, they are the one who's making all of the money. And, and this documentary, it's called uh, School, I believe. It, it was on Netflix. I'll leave that in the show notes for everyone to check out. But um, Arian Foster was kind of talking about he, he's uh, one of the main guys in the documentary. He says that he uh, he looked up the definitions of indentured servants, and it was basically people that uh, do all of your work for you, and you give them uh, you, uh, you give them housing, you give them food, and you give them training, which is 
basically how is that any different from exactly what's happening in college and yeah so arian foster is very uh anti ncaa yes he, he's he's almost become very anti-football in general yeah he has he's especially on twitter against, recently yeah yeah with mm-hmm. the cte thing going on and uh i think he said he wouldn't let his kids play yep yeah. yeah, he said he wants his kid to get a physics degree instead. And <laughs> I was like, I mean, hey, I understand that. It is kind of, I guess, it's not too surprising, though, when you look at all he's been through. You know, he was kind of ravaged by injuries, towards at least towards the end of his career. But yeah, so I, I just kind of uh, getting into the um, other um, arguments, like I was saying, uh, they were kind of bringing up, you know, kids when they're 18, 19 years old, they really don't have financial responsibility. And I know that's true with myself when I was 18 to 19 years old. <laughs> if you would have handed me hundreds of thousands of dollars, I would have been I mean, it's hard to tell. And so do you think that that's a valid argument that that kid or is that just, you know, try, uh, saying, oh, well, these kids are young. They don't know anything. Or do you think there's actually some, you know, some credibility to that? Yeah, I, I, I guess if, if you said, all right, we're going to pay college players, then high school players have an argument to say, maybe we should be paid, hmm. you know, I, on I a lower scale. That. So yeah, I, there is something to it to say, all right, you come to our university and we'll we'll pay for your room and board. I think they get some food stipend mm-hmm. and uh, you just got to play football and you'll get an education. Right. On, on their end, it is... That's enough, um, because you 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 could just keep going back farther and farther and farther. Next thing you know, we got to pay like six sixth and seventh graders to play right. football. You know what I mean? It gets a little bit convoluted. Or like kind of a different angle. If a six and seven year old gets you know a huge concussion, do they have to receive more workman's <laughs> comp at six and seven? Yeah, it does get kind of difficult. I, I agree. So what? Okay, so here, here's another little added thing. What about it could limit a little bit of the corruption from the outside? Because I'm I'm actually reading this book right now called The System by Jeff Benedict, I believe is uh, the author, and it's really awesome. It's just about all the scandals that kind of that are tied in with this, you know, billion dollar industry. And he talks about how there is so much corruption from, you have everything from what, what, what they call the hostesses, which they, they literally just hire the hottest girls at colleges to go and uh, try and get these uh, high school kids recruited to the colleges. And then they pay them. And so there's just all these different ways of, you know, bringing money into it and you can call it corruption. And, you know, it, it, would that be a good reason, I, I guess, to, to pay them so that we can't avoid that. There's literally no end to the corruption. The, the, you, it, it, if you implement rules and say, okay, you can do this, but you can't do this, there's going to be a loophole. Yeah. So it, the NCAA just comes up with these sort of dracon, draconian rules that probably aren't really worked out that well. Like you said, they've been around since like the 50s. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't know what was going to happen now with the amount of money that they're taking in some of the rules are are very simplistic like you can't pay them to come there but like on your recruiting visits you know oh they can buy you lunch right you, you, <laughs> yeah you know true. what i mean like it just keeps it keeps going farther back and back and back mm-hmm. as long as you're not handing them a check it's okay it it's it just very by making a lot of rules, you make a lot of loopholes to get around those rules. Right. That's absolutely so, true. Yeah. I, sometimes the more rules, the worse off you are. Right. I know at one point in that documentary, they showed someone who I believe it was like right after, I don't know if it was a national championship game or it was just after a huge game that was televised, he went home and he didn't have any food in his fridge. And then, you know, I, I was reading some kind of counter to that. They're saying, you know, well, what happens is these kids, they're allowed to get checks now at the beginning of the month that they're supposed to spend on food. And again, you know, supposed to spend on food. And what happens is that, you know, obviously some of them don't do that. They, they want to spend it on, on other things. And yeah, so that's I'm 18 kind of years the, old. I'm going to the club, bro. Right. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> and then so I guess this is kind of a good segue getting into a story about our Ohio State uh, team. So years ago with Jim Trestle, what happened was basically a bunch of his uh, students, including Terrell Pryor, who 
I don't know what's actually going on with Terrell Pryor. He hasn't really had that that, that good of a season, just kind of as a side note. I was kind of worried about (laughs) us dropping him, but he hasn't actually been that great, so I don't know if I'm too sad about that. But anyways. uh, Yeah, don't pay too much attention to (laughs) Cleveland media, (laughs) because once he catches a touchdown pass, you'll never hear the end of it. (laughs) Oh, man. That's that's exactly exactly what's going to happen. But so uh, I wanted to read this quote that I have from from a friend of mine that I thought is just just perfect for this. So I had asked uh, some people online about, you know, what do you think about college athletes getting paid? And so my friend, he, he said, so bottom line, Ohio State seats over 110,000 people a game. They sell more gear than the Browns and they get a Big Ten TV contract. All for a 40K education plus room and board. They make more than the Browns, but spend pennies to make it. I don't know what the answer is, but it's not suspending a coach for players getting free tattoos. Get the fuck out. And I think that is just that is just <laughs> absolutely true. Free tattoos is just... But, you know, it, it gets even deeper than that, though, because there's so many stories of... Um, there was a few years ago, I forget what coach it was, but didn't... There was one of his students, his mom had died, and so the coach had paid not only for lunch for that day, but to pay to get the kid a plane ride home because he didn't, you know, he couldn't afford to fly home. Yeah. And and he got in trouble for that. That's just ridiculous. No, that's sad. Yeah. See, that's what I mean about like, okay, we're taking the spirit of the rule and you're making that, you know, like we got to get the kid home. Somehow he's got to get home. Yeah. And that's, and it's like, you can't find a way around that or you can't find a way to bend or first of all, I don't think there should be a rule like that in you yeah. know, just just in general, they should. I don't know if that would require just getting into the the rules, saying, "Hey, if something like this happens, we can help out." But then again, like you know, like you were just saying, the more laws you have, that could create more loopholes. So I don't really know if that's necessarily the answer. Yeah, you just put these kids in a situation where it, it's not financially viable for them. It, they're not calling home for money. Mm-hmm. You right. know, they're they're playing football at the uh, University of Tennessee. They're hundreds of miles away from home. They have literally no support from home. Right. It's worth pointing out, you know, like a lot of these, I forget what the number was, but, you know, a lot of these kids really are coming from, you know, poor households that don't have the money to spend for their kids at Stanford. The only reason that they're going is because of the scholarship that they worked their ass off to get. And, and that's a big problem to me is that how can you just expect all these kids to, but okay, I, I kind of want to just, to switch a, l- sure. a little bit and kind of, I-, I wanted to get into it, explain why it is that they get all this money. So, I don't know if people realize, but there are TV contracts, and they're in that. Uh, the, the, as I had mentioned before, you know, March Madness brings in more than more than the Super Bowl. But you know, because we do have all all of this go- going on, I kind of, I was reading this. Um, uh, it was like an opposition, I-, I guess, to this, and they were saying, does all of this remove any of the athletes' competitive nature and passion for the sport? And I was wondering, but it doesn't really do it for the NFL. But do you think, does that, uh, because in college, that's really when they are trying to get, gain their best skills and whatnot. Do you think that adding all this TV and adding all this publicity and all this, do you think that does harm any type of competitive nature that needs to be fostered in those ages? Oh, wow. Um, huh. I know it's kind of a deep <laughs> question, but I just kind of. To kind of tie it all, because I, I don't know, I was just try, trying to think, you know, though, that is the age when they're supposed to gain, you know, the best skills of their life. And so does all of this kind of, you know, negate any of that? I think it does, but I don't know what you think. Yeah, I, 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 I do think if you're an adult and you're play, playing in the pros, a lot of times you're playing for a check. Right. Uh, it's not going to be a secret that a lot of those guys, they, they don't like football. Uh, what's different in the pros is not only do you have to find talent, you have to find the guy that wants to play football, that wants to go out (laughs) and and possibly damage his brain. That's so competitive that he just wants to go out and just smash heads and, 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 and get after it, train hard and do all the work that, that could make you like one of the top 10%, you know, in your field. Right. But, in college, yeah, I, I, you know, I think you're right. Yeah, uh, it is. It's like in college, like that is mm-hmm. the time when you, you know, when you're supposed to be just you, you want to gain the most passion, but you, you know, you also, you know, you obviously want to gain all the technical skills in order to transfer into the pros. But as many people know, you know, 
not even one percent or is it one percent of college athletes even make it to the pros and will get that fat ass check next so yeah in football it's yeah it's it's a low percentage I don't know about the other sports, but I know football is very low. Yeah, it's it, extremely low. E- even, you know, your only schools that get them all the time, you have the Notre Dames, your USC's and Alabama's and Ohio State gets their, you know, recruits all the time. But how many schools are in NCAA just Division One? I It's it's like damn near 100 schools, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. 124 or yeah. something like that. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot crazy. of schools. Yeah, and, and you only have, you know, a few that actually get them all the time. So it's, I don't know. So... I guess kind of a difference is we we basically agree on that. I don't know how much there, there's more to say about that. So there's another little thing about being against it was they were saying a lot of the smaller colleges, like you know, like I was just saying, a lot of them would get screwed if we decided that we were going to pay them. Now I guess you could avoid that by having like I don't know like a socialism for the NCAA, which will never happen ever because you have all <laughs> these owners in charge. But I mean, how would uh, don't you think if we did start paying them, you know? kind of getting into how we would do that um wouldn't some of the smaller colleges just be screwed in that in that aspect when you have you know alabama and ohio state makes more than probably the browns and the falcons do but what about your smaller states like or you know all these other smaller colleges do you think that they would be negatively affected yeah for sure uh that's why you know troy state versus uh you know louisiana tech is on a Tuesday night, <laughs> right? When no, because they want to make some TV money. Yeah, absolutely. And they get their name out there. So if a kid's, you know, in Louisiana and he's sitting at home on a Tuesday night and he's watching Louisiana Tech play, mm-hmm. they they're they're basically putting those teams on TV is a recruiting tool in itself. Yeah, absolutely. That that's like you know using that advertisement. Um, so I know one of the things that is big in college football, I don't know if they expi- you know, explicitly say it, but when you see schools like, you know, when the school that I went to, which was Akron University, when you see them play Ohio State, it's like, come on, this is stupid. You know, it's going to be 62 to zero. And but the only reason that they do that is because in them smaller schools get that fat ass check for basically getting beat up on. And I, I just think that that's just wrong. But I completely understand that that, you know, like you just said, that is a recruiting method in itself. But when you're uh-huh. just having these kids go and just getting shit on by these big teams on national television, how much does that really help? I, I don't know. <laughs> There's, yeah, this is a whole argument of like, are we playing too many college games? They're playing like 12 games now. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the uh, arguments for getting rid of out of division games or out of conference games yeah. was was uh at well akron wants to get paid mm-hmm. uh ou wants to get paid uh unlv flies into uh, ohio state plays like nine home games out mm-hmm. of 12 you know what i mean they play right. everybody at home and just cut a check yeah exactly and then it's so it's just like hey you can bring your school over we're just going to destroy you and then we can sit all of our starters in the second half so they can rest <laughs> and then but here we're going to give you this fat check so would paying having a more of a, I guess, an equal pay of somehow would that avoid that happening, or is there really any negative consequences to that happening? I'm not really sure. So I guess if you come out of the game without many injuries and maybe even put up a little bit of a fight, which we obviously happens, all, you know, you see that happen sure. all the time, yeah. where you know a smaller school comes in and kind of you know puts it on LSU or you know whoever, you know, it does happen. You know that I can see how that could actually motivate the players more, but I just seem to think. You know, when you got Ohio State's linemen, which are 310 pounds, 6'7", and you're facing these small schools, it's just, I, I don't know. I, I just see that being more of a negative than a positive. <laughs> yeah, Ohio State can recruit nationwide. They exactly. Have the resources <laughs> yeah. to go to California and scout high school players. Right. Akron doesn't. Akron's going to get kids that are from Akron. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> right, or yeah. the surrounding area, like, hey, exactly. come play in a Division One school. We're going to play on TV against the Buckeyes. Right. So you don't want to go play. You know, uh, why? Like, if a kid's good enough to start at Akron, he's good enough to be at Ohio State, but he might not be good enough to start at Ohio State. That's yeah. So that's they say, true. hey, come play for us. You can put up some stats. You you can uh, you can have a lot of playing time. You get your name out there. We're going to be on TV like three or four times. Mm-hmm nationally because we'll play on a fucking Tuesday we'll play on a Friday night yeah if we have to you know what I'm you know what I'm saying right like, yeah and so there's I wonder, no does that exposure the, could that also help them kind of maybe even 
get the chance to transfer to Ohio State if they see some kid, some linebacker just tears it up, maybe gets a few sacks on Barrett or, you know what I mean, does that help in a way? I, I don't know how transferring really, I don't know all the details of that, oh. but I, I'm wondering if that could be even an added benefit. Yeah, it, it helps. It helps. But none of those things are done with the quote-unquote student athlete in mind. All mm. those things are done with a check in mind. Yeah. They don't care about that kid if he ends up finishing school or not finish. No, they're they're selling that kid a dream of like playing on TV, playing in the NFL. Mm -hmm. There's no that that those recruiters they don't care about the kid, right? We can get past that right now. (laughs) Like, and I think one of the or one of the things I had read that that's just totally just honestly it's heartbreaking, but it's true. They're saying you know most of these scholarships they work on a year to year basis, and the coach gets to decide basically if that uh, scholarship gets approved for that year or not. And this one kid, I think he was the kicker for USC, but I could be mixing it up. He said, you know, you could have a 4.0 be doing great in school, but if you don't perform on the field, you're going to lose your scholarship. And that just just straight proves, you know, no, they, they really don't actually care about the kid and the success. But at the same time, I guess if you're getting recruited specifically for sports, but then, but but no, they're, they're student athletes, right? I mean, it's just... <laughs> There's just so many, there's just so many problems. I just see, I just see with that. But that to me blows my mind that you can have a 4.0 and then, but you could get hurt or the coach just you know decides you aren't good enough and you can just lose your scholarship even if you're doing great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you came, you came to UCLA or USC to play linebacker. You didn't come here to get an education, <laughs> right? Yeah, we don't care how well you're doing in school with your probably some of your bullshit classes. Exactly. No, it's, yeah, that's so true. Just what happens all the time, they say, is you know, kids will just basically do awful during the football season, and then in the summer they take underwater basket weaving and freaking <laughs> stupid classes that, that they can get an A in and easily. Then what they'll also do is they'll have tutors writing their research papers, and then yeah. you get in trouble for that, for academic dishonesty. And it's just crazy to me, though, because, you know, they say – well, they're getting a great education, and that that is just the best part of all this. But yet, the coaches don't even give a shit about the education. Some of them do. When you look at like uh, BYU, you know they got those honor code or, or whatnot, where you ba- I mean, you have to be like a Mormon. You have to or <laughs> you have to wear the magic underwear in order to uh, <laughs> go to the school. But you know that's that's a whole other other thing. But I, I don't know. It just it just proves you know they really actually don't care about the education as much do they no i think it's about getting the kid eligible i think it's about getting the kid on the field mm-hmm. and um if if he graduates great and but they they know he's not going to graduate yeah not uh, none of those kids are going to graduate uh, as chemists or whatever, right. a chemistry very, major. Very few puts, of them actually, yeah, yeah, actually did a job like that, right? A chemistry major puts sixty or seventy hours a week into learning that trade, that craft, mm-hmm. and and, be, and doing lab work. Yeah. A, a football player is putting sixty or seventy hours a week into playing football, right? Absolutely, because How they is want he to learn? get that NFL. They want to get that NFL contract and make the real right. money. So yet no, how do they learn though? I mean, how do they? How are they supposed to put the time? And when you look at their schedule, isn't it? They say something like, you know, they have to wake up and go work out. Then they spend just a few hours at school. Then they have to go to team meetings and practice all night. Then they have to do a little bit of homework. Then they go to bed at midnight and then have to do it all all over again and without a paycheck. Yeah, pro athletes complain about all the stuff that they do in between. Yeah, uh, practice, uh, film review. Right. coaches meetings which part uh, of me does sit back i'm like oh you poor millionaire you're getting paid <laughs> so part you know part of me doesn't have as much sympathy for them i guess as i do for kids that if they don't keep up their good grades they're not going to even be able to play but yet they're forced to do this you know i i, I guess i can see a little bit of a difference for me personally no i'm i'm with you 100 okay. percent. pro athletes <laughs> paid for his time yeah for sure but so like ohio state playing you know Alabama in the national championship. That's a pro football game. Mm-hmm. There's going to be film review. There's going to be. I mean, they're they they're basically preparing for that game, literally the same way that a pro team is preparing for their game this week. Right. That's true because when you look at those games, that's where all the NFL scouts are going to be at, sitting in the you know on the yeah. sidelines, looking, trying to trying to possibly recruit and whatnot. They're like made available to the media. Mm-hmm. They're made available for interviews. They, it's 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 a pro 
league now yeah. with with the as much money and time is put in behind it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. But I guess kind of. But when I'm sitting thinking about you know when it comes to I guess making education important or making coaches care or whatnot, wouldn't paying them kind of I guess. I don't know, it kind of makes me think that that would make education even less important, I guess, if they're paying. If their incentive is now, you know, I'm going to play my ass off and I'm going to get a fat check if I do, isn't that more of incentive of, oh, I'm going to play and I still got to work super hard to get school? I don't know. I, I think that that kind of would remove a little bit of a drive towards education, but some people disagree. Yeah, yeah, I think a lot of people disagree. I, I think it's a, it's a, it's a issue that that is, is is it could it would be a hot topic mm-hmm. um if like the NCAA will not talk about it mm-hmm. it's they won't bring it up yeah but, that's true that's true not like uh, i think a quote from the NCAA president was uh, why don't you pay your players well because they're amateurs well why are they amateurs <laughs> because we don't pay them <laughs> well what do you do then <laughs> it's they're very specific of this is amateurs these are student athletes yeah See, and but like, if we if we took out mm-hmm. all the school mm-hmm. and we just let kids go play for universities, with fuck school, just let them go play. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't the end result be the same? The the boosters are happy if they have a good football team. Mm-hmm. That's about the end of it. Yeah. The 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 kids that go to school there are happy. Ah, our football team won the national championship. They don't care if those kids go to class. If all the you're right, if all the ratings are up and the team is winning, that's that's very true. So. That's kind yeah, of what I'm throw thinking. Throw on their Buckeyes sweatshirt and uh, cheer for the Buckeyes like we cheer for the Browns. You right. know what I mean? It's yep. it's. I don't care what a Browns player does in his side time. Right. I just want him to go out on the field and perform, and that's exactly what we feel when we watch the Buckeyes. That's a good point. Absolutely. I have a quote from a, I think it was a Sports Illustrator writer just kind of talking about the boosters and, and the alumni and whatnot. And this kind of adds to why it is so important, like you were just mentioning. He says, at college, students want sex, faculty wants parking, and alumni wants football. And that just really breaks, <laughs> kind of breaks down every single, you know, everything into that, you know, just a few short words. And it's true. It's like the students have so many things on their mind. And, you know, the ones that have the drive, like, you know, I believe like Sherman, he throughout his entire college career, you know, he did. I think he graduated with honors. I think he got like a communications degree, though. Let's be honest. He, he was no chemist. But I mean, <laughs> just still, you know, he did good at Stanford. I, I don't take anything. I don't take anything away from that. But, you know, the students, they have all these all these other drives. Education really isn't that that important. But for the alumni and for the culture and for like the city, for a lot of, you know, you look at the University of Tennessee, you look at University of Texas and Texas A&M, all of these, you know, you could argue that some of these, especially the smaller schools, their economies thrive off of college football. And that's it. That's it. Exactly right. Yeah. yeah. And so when you have, <laughs> I mean, we know it's true for, for the pros, something like when LeBron left to go to the heat, didn't Cleveland lose like a billion dollars in merchandise sales and, and like just profit overall just from one player leaving. And so when you take us, you know, smaller towns, like, I mean, the university of Tennessee isn't a small town, it's Nashville. So that's not a good example, but you know, when you take, you know, small, uh, smaller towns when they had their entire economies thriving off of that yet, they're thriving off of that because these kids are putting their, you know, hard, you know, blood, sweat and tears into this game and aren't really seeing much for it. It just that, that that really makes me question just, you know, so many things, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. We, I mean, if we, maybe we should balance, if you wanted to be fair, uh, you're going to tell a kid from South central LA that, Hey, come, come and get educated at UCLA. Mm -hmm. He has no opportunity to do that on his own. Right. So in the, in the essence of balance, he's getting an education at UCLA. He, he's possibly taking a spot in, in, in academic classes Mm -hmm. that could be given to a kid that also can't afford to go there. That, that would be, you know, a 4.0 student. Right. That's very true. Yeah, so it's kind of, kind of makes you think, you know, who, <laughs> I don't want to say affirmative action, but in a way it's like, you know, along those lines of, you know, it, when you're selecting who can get in, if 
what is more important, sports or education? That that's that, that's a great point. You know, it's kind of was saying earlier that you know you can have kids who are supposed to be linebackers, but they'll get a 4.0 and get kicked off their scholarship because they suck on the field, and that's so it it goes it goes a yeah. lot of different ways. Well, I just to, to kind of wrap things up here. I had some poll numbers that I just found interesting, kind of culturally speaking, that I, I wanted to run by you and see what you thought. So. I had mentioned earlier that I was watching that CNN crossfire and had Van Jones and Newt Gingrich talking about um, paying college athletes and Newt Gingrich wanted to and he's a conservative and Van Jones didn't. So when I looked up some poll numbers, it turns out that a majority of blacks actually support paying them. So that uh, they're on Newt Gingrich's side. It was like 52% and only 27% of whites who were uh, polled in this actually supported it. So there is a racial divide on this and I found it interesting because it was opposite from the political divide that I saw on CNN. Wow. Yeah, that's that is interesting. I, I'm not even sure what to respond to that one. <laughs> it, yeah, it, it's it's just interesting because I just kind of for some reason I would think that you know more conservative you know types, more conservative white people type, especially you know these are the, the who everyone you know th- these are the, the owners of the teams. Unfortunately, you know I'm, I'm not saying unfortunately. I don't know. I don't want to get into that. But anyways, it just seemed, it was interesting. To, <laughs> I know where you're going. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so it just it's interesting to me that you know politically speaking, the the conservatives seem to actually want the payment, which does make sense. You know, if you want a, a meritocracy, you want to get paid for what you do, which does you know that that does make sense. But you had. I don't know. It's just it's interesting trying to this just adds to the complexity, I think, uh, of just this entire issue that that needs to be discussed out. And or you know. yeah, maybe we should break down like what paying players would look like. Mm-hmm. Are we talking about like an NFL style salary cap? Are we like you said before, where you just pay? Uh, all right. We have uh, 100 kids on the team and we split up this million dollars and everyone gets, you know, $10,000 or mm-hmm. whatever it is to yeah. play here. Right. Or is it um based on all right, you know, the top 100 recruits in the nation. All right, we'll, we'll sign you to these contracts. And now like I don't know if you can take state universities that are paid for by the taxpayers and then have NFL style like contract negotiations. That's very I, I, true. I support the players being able to make a livable wage and, and, and get paid for their likeness, but I don't know if we can have a salary. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, maybe we should talk about how they would get paid. Yeah, absolutely. That is complex because when, when you look at, if I remember right, the highest paid government employee in Alabama is Nick Saban, the football coach. And it was something like, and I forget how many states that that's the same thing is that the highest paid state employee or government employee, hence taxpayer, uh, you know, paid by the taxpayer is the football coaches. So how do for we sure? You know, yeah, it's got to be Urban Meyer for sure is the highest paid uh, uh, public employee yeah. in Ohio for sure. Right. Yeah, there's, he has there's to no be. doubt. Right. He has to be. So but that, that adds such a complexity because you have your private schools who, who are, you know, who are part of the NCAA, obviously. And then you have your public schools. I think a lot of uh, the ways that um, that I read that makes actually sense is that kids should be able to get paid for their autographs and they should be able to get some sort of proportion for their jersey and just overall merchandise sales. I don't think that's disputable. What do you think? Yeah. If you're going to stick my name on the back of a jersey with my number, mm-hmm. why we already have a we already have a base for this. NFL players get this percentage from sale of their jersey. Yeah, we we already have a number for this that's pretty well established. Mm-hmm. I have no problem with that. If I'm the starting quarterback for Florida State, and you slap my number and my name on the back of it, mm-hmm. and then you keep all the money, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. What the fuck? You're literally. Right. Uh, you're putting me in video games. Mm-hmm. You're you're selling my jersey. You're you're, I and then I can't go make a dollar to sign something. Right. See, I, so I brought this up to uh, my grandpa, and he said what he thought would make sense. Kind of, he's um, more of the fiscally uh, responsible conservative type. He thinks that 
that they should be able to get that type of money, but it should be held in an account until they graduate or quit. So he, he was okay with them still receiving it if they quit or they get injured or something, but he just said, let them get that money, but not until they're done. So maybe it gives them a few years to understand and learn or, and I thought that was actually kind of reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. That it's, you got to think outside of the box and that's, and, and that's where you start, right? You yeah. come up with some ideas that are interesting and maybe a little different mm-hmm. and, uh, and then you see where it goes from there. But right now it's just the, the NCAA wants no part of any sort of conversation, of right? Conversation. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Right. No, for sure. And I was looking on YouTube, just trying to, you know, just for researching for this discussion and there's like no long form discussions about this at all. You have a few short ESPN clips or CNN clips that I found, but I think there's only maybe one or two long form discussions about this topic. And that kind of surprised me. I think this is something that we, we actually really do need to be, to be discussing. I think it's actually been in the, in the headlines kind of, or in, you know, in the public conversation a little bit more recently, but, but you're right. Especially the NCAA and the, the brass, you know, the, the upper management, they don't want nothing to do with it. When you, when you ask a lot of the coaches, they don't, they're like, no, they shouldn't get paid. Meanwhile, they're getting three, $4 million a year. <laughs> for, you know. Yeah. It's easier not to talk about it or just, they kind of hope they can kick that can down the road for a while. Yeah. But at some point, especially now we we're, we're talking about brain injuries. Yeah. And and these kids are, yeah, it's not the same as NFL. These kids aren't fully developed. Right. I mean, they're they're young kids. No, absolutely. And they're bashing their head, bashing their heads together, and for what? For right. a, a fake education? Right. See, so I'm a psychology major, and there's a. Uh, science is absolutely clear that the prefrontal cortex, which you know handles all of our complex thinking, isn't even completely formed in males until they're 25. And most of these kids are, you know, they're getting out of college at 22, 23, 24, after you know, like you just said, smashing their heads together all the time. That does bring in a lot of, you know, a lot of questions. So one thing I think talking about pain and it ties in with this is I absolutely think that every college player should get some type of workman's compensation don't call it that i guess because they're you know they're student athletes they're not employees but i absolutely think that if a kid gets hurt on the field the colleges that are making billions of dollars off these cbs and fox contracts should absolutely pick up the tab for that yeah yeah i i don't even know if you could find counter arguments to that (laughs) that if you're if i'm playing for your team and i get hurt Mm -hmm. i should be covered it that just seems That seems crazy. I guess maybe if they go outside, if they, um, you know, if like the Cleveland Indians pitcher last year, Trevor Bauer hurts his finger while playing with this freaking drone. And I guess if they do stupid stuff like that, maybe that's different. But if you're on the field and, you know, say you're a quarterback and you just get leveled by a linebacker and, and, you know, you're broken collarbone or something and the school's just like, oh, well, he's a student athlete, so we don't have to do that. That's that to me is just, it's immoral, it's wrong, and when these colleges are making billions of dollars off March Madness, that's uncalled for. Oh, yeah, for sure. It, it, it's, it, that conversation is only going to grow as, 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 even it comes up in other sports. I mean, uh, the NCAA sanctions like all sports, mm-hmm. uh, not just football and basketball, which are the primary money makers. Right. You're gonna have kids from these other sports that are that are wrestling and and all these other other sports that where people could get hurt mm-hmm. where there's not a lot of pro money to be made. Right. That conversation is gonna get deeper and deeper as we get farther into the CTE discussion, and we develop techniques to to find CTE earlier yeah, while these for people sure. are alive. I know, know. That, that's one of the big problems is that they only know about CTEs after you're dead and they perform an autopsy. That's that's another thing too that people like to bring up when you know you talk about the NFL, oh, all these kids are in trouble. Mm-hmm. All these kids, uh, you know, well, impulse control is like one of the major right. uh, uh, one of the major factors in CTE. Mm-hmm. Well, now you know, like we're, we're you're going to badmouth these kids. They're yeah. getting their heads. They're getting concussions, and, and they're getting concussions in high school. 
And and so you're you're taking a already a impulsive eighteen year old male and then just throwing him into the abyss and saying right. here's a here's a signing bonus of two point six million dollars. Good luck with life. Yeah. Exactly. Well, didn't they find that um, Aaron Hernandez? If if listeners aren't aware, he was a tight end for the Patriots, and he had got he went to jail for murder, and then he hung himself in prison. D- didn't they find out he had one of the worst cases of CTE? Yep. Yep. Terrible. Terrible brain damage. Terrible. See. Terrible impulse control. Right. And of course, it doesn't excuse everything. You know, you can't just say, "Well, my brain made me do it." I, I I understand that, but when you're looking at what these kids are actually sustaining for years, most of these kids start playing when they're you know eight, nine years old, and you know third, fourth grade, they start playing as they're sustaining these head injuries for so long. Is it really that shock? But by the time they're thirty, that you know, there's there's a little bit of issues. I don't. <laughs> yeah. 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 So uh, you, there's a whole other conversation uh, of CTE. Yeah, I don't know if we can go into that, but it's you know that you're you're putting yourself under risk at college mm-hmm. for torn ACLs and and like career defining injuries when you try to go get paid at the NFL level. Mm-hmm. And the NFL now makes you play. What is it? You have to have three years of eligibility in college. Yeah, you you have to have or yeah, and then it's also in order to get a retirement. Don't you have to pl- uh, play three or four years in the NFL in order to get retirement and to get some type of injury? You know what I mean? Compensation. Oh yeah, yeah. So that's six games a year, just to get a, a year accrued yeah. in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the NFL makes kids go to school. F- of three years of eligibility because it makes it easier for their business plan. True. That's something I, I was actually kind of wondering is because, you know, you look at, um, at baseball and a lot of the times, you know, they'll get all these draft picks, but then they send them down to the majors to develop and to do all these things at, you know, at lower pay scales. And then they eventually bring them up. And I guess college football is supposed to be like that, I guess, in a way, is when you're supposed to develop. But it's not really because, you know, only 1% of those college athletes, like we said, are going to make it. Whereas in the minor leagues, it's a lot more than 1% of them, I think, are going are, you know, are to yeah. be able to, to rise up to do the major leagues. And so, well, at least they're getting paid. Too. And they're getting Even paid. Even the minor yes. league contract. Right. They're, they're getting paid for their work. Yeah. And they can go out and, and improve their craft on their own time, mm-hmm. they can still go to school if they want to. Like it, It's up to them. The NFL requires you almost to play three years of college football, whether you're uh, active or not. You may, uh, are you going to tell a kid from you know small-town Alabama that he's going to go to Europe for a couple years and just get older? Right. The NBA did the same thing. Where the, okay, you got to have a year of eligibility in college. Every kid on... Con- on uh, Kentucky plays one year at Kentucky and they leave for the NBA. Yep. (laughs) Exactly. That's exactly what happens. So I guess I'm kind of wondering when we're talking about pay. So what about, I I don't really know the relationship of NCAA baseball to the major leagues. It doesn't seem like it's nearly as linked as NCAA football is to the NFL. I could be wrong about that. Do you know how that kind of works? Yeah. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um, how how they sort of filter in from college to minor leagues mm-hmm. to pros? Um, well, I guess kind what of was what, it Bryce what Harper from yeah. from Vegas. Mm-hmm. He he went straight from high school to a to a minor league pro contract. Right. So that's what I'm trying to thinking is should we have that type of like a buffer per se of you know in football like we do in uh into uh yeah sorry. Let me rephrase that. I lost my train of thought. Should we have some type of a buffer from college football to uh, the NFL, a lot like how the major league has minor leagues, where these kids are still getting paid, but say maybe they only have to do two years of college, they can get an associate's degree and then go into the minor league NFL or whatever and develop and still get paid, and then maybe they can even still go to school, but because they wouldn't be student athletes, they would be like minor league NFL players. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Why doesn't the NFL have a development league? Not that, we, yeah. Right now, we have 53 active roster players over 32 teams, which is what, some 1,600, 1,700 players. Yeah, and then you get and your 10, 10 practice, practice squads. squads. Right, yeah. So, so you're talking about 2,000 players that are involved in the league getting paid as professional athletes. Mm-hmm. Why don't we have a developmental league? Right. 
And to say that there isn't, oh, and if anyone would ever say, we don't have the money for that, we all just know that's absolute bullshit. Especially, I'm wondering what, so what about maybe, uh, maybe the NCAA wouldn't do that because this would lose profits. But I'm like, why can't the NCAA kind of make a branch uh, that would be like a development league that could pay them? Could there be any type of, maybe even just like a market pressure to do this or any type of public pressure to do this? I'm just trying to think of how could we get some type of developmental league and, you know, but yeah, you're, well, you're you're right onto it. Except you're throwing the NCAA in there. We can literally take NC, your your idea minus the NCAA is a great idea. <laughs> like yeah. we don't need them. Yeah. They don't need okay. to even be involved, right? Yeah. Like the developmental league can start. Those kids can go from high school and join an NFL developmental league mm-hmm. in sort of a same draft type. If they want to go to college, they can go to college. Mm-hmm. If they don't want to go to college, they can they can they can literally play in this fall league or spring league or whatever whatever you want to call it. Like you're right on to it. Mm-hmm. If you take the NCAA out of the equation, does anything change? Nothing changes. Right. I guess the only reason I was thinking them is because they're the ones with all the money right now. So if, if they're, they're well, if the ones with anyone, all the money and the power. Yeah, they have all of the influence over kind of the I was saying of of like a buffer between. Uh, Amateur per se, which is just a terrible word, I think, for a lot of these kids. <laughs> yeah. But for amateur players versus the professional players, if the NCAA is the one with all the money and the power right now, they would be the ones that could actually create some type of developmental lead. But I don't think they have any desire or incentive to do that when they get all none. this slave labor, yeah. basically. Yeah, none, none. They have nothing. Uh, they they want to promote college players that have been at those universities for three years that they uh, that the one percenters are leaving for NF for the NFL. The yeah. literally the second you can pick out three or four dudes on every division one team, literally the second they have their eligibility, they're gone. Mm-hmm. The the colleges know that. Right. They didn't bring those kids in there to to learn. They brought those kids in there to play football. Exactly. The NCAA just makes the rules and provides lawyers to interpret those rules. They, you could take the NCAA right out of the equation and football could still happen in college, minus all their bullshit rules, and, or and let these and let these guys filter to the NFL, or let them get educations and filter into real life. Okay, yeah, yeah, absolutely, that makes sense. It's just so. How can we? Hmm. So, all right. So, me and you, we just need to start right now. Find some investors and create a developmental lead for the NFL, right? <laughs> I feel I like Arian Foster, or some people like that. Yeah, there's. Or, or, is there something in the works for that, or maybe just it, people it, talking it about it? It seemed like there was something that, but I think the players had to have NFL uh, accrued seasons to play in this. Like it was like a spring league. I think they played four games. And I'm completely talking out of my ass, so I apologize if this is any if any of this is wrong. There was some sort of side thing going on that was like a developmental experimental league almost. Okay, I remember. But they there had was... to have NFL eligibility. Yeah, see that that's the thing. I um, I didn't hear that. I did hear something about they were possibly starting up a new league where there's no helmets and there's no pads and whatnot because apparently they found. When rugby players in Australia and other contact, uh, even just you know American football, but without pads, they found that kids are less likely to lead with their heads and they're less likely to sustain injuries because they're more aware without the pads. So they were trying to create a new lead like the NFL, but it wasn't. Uh, this you know it's different though because it wasn't really a developmental lead. But so but so I, I'm not really sure. Okay, yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, maybe you would lower. I think it's with MMA. They talk about like why do we even put on gloves? Because we're just causing more injury. Yeah, it, you know what I mean. Boxing mm-hmm. has probably the worst CTE problem. Right. Because they use big gloves, so you take more punishment. Yeah, absolutely. And so and that's kind of you know a lot of getting into the CTE. You know, this is this is kind of a side a side thing. But to bring it back to paying college athletes, this is. A lot of these injuries and a lot of not. This is why I think that they should receive some type of at least healthcare compensation, and which we both yeah. obviously agree that shouldn't even be much of a question. But yeah, just let them get paid for their likeness. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know where to go next. Uh, your grandpa might have been onto something there where you could put this money aside, let them become pros. Mm-hmm. 
the Olympics, uh, that's not amateur anymore, right? That's right. Um, like those that, that used to be an amateur thing. Like, okay, all you guys got to be amateurs. No one can get paid for their work. I don't know if they get paid. Like, uh, does Phelps get paid by the U.S. per huh. se, or can he just make money like, on his likeness? With the sponsorships and whatnot. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure. That's a good question. I, I guess kind of when I'm thinking about the likeness and, you know, kind of going off of what my grandpa said, if if someone like, you know, uh, USC quarterback Sam, uh, what's his last name, Darnold? Yeah. The Sam yeah. Darnold. Yeah. When if he is, you know, the star player on NCAA 17 video game, and let's say his mom is extremely poor and she can't get, or you know, he he just wants to help her make rent. The fact that he, you know, with what my grandpa was saying, put this money, in, uh, you know, aside, that couldn't help any type of situations that were happening. I guess in real time. It's, it's yeah, kind, that's it's true. Kind of what I'm saying. Yeah. That would kind of defeat that kind of purpose. But I still agree, though, that you know, because of the financial responsibility issues that go into, you know, handing 18, 19 year olds fat checks, there's just it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we got to pay them uh, NFL size. Con- I mean, you look at NFL contracts for rookies. Even the rookies that are drafted aren't making crazy money unless you're drafted really high. Right. Right. Uh, we might not be off on the like. <laughs> I, I know the NCAA. I don't know if it's the NCAA if the school gives them money. Like if you win the Heisman Trophy, it's like a seven hundred and fifty dollar check. No shit. If you win a national championship, it might be like a $250 check. If you go to a bowl game, the bowl sponsor sometimes gives you Visa gift cards. We're paying the athletes. Yeah. All mm-hmm. we're talking about is is there's a discrepancy in the amount of money. Mm-hmm. If you can give a kid 500 for winning the Heisman Trophy, why can't you give him 50000 right. You're already paying them. You're right. All they would just, never yeah. say that, though. You know what I mean? They'll yeah. never bring that up. You might just be talking about a different size of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, but that, and that's, of course, that's part of the problem. Like we were saying, is you know, is all these outside, all these, you know, kind of outside corruption influences is going to happen. It or it already happens right now. And so, I guess, would paying them uh, would that help alleviate some of that? What you're saying, or would that? add on to it give them well i'm already making this money if you know if i can get this extra why not or i'm not really sure yeah yeah it, it would be different yeah there's a yeah you, i i don't think you want a kid to decide okay should i go to ohio state or should i go to ou ohio state can offer me you know 1.3 million ou can only offer me 670,000 like exactly. i don't think we need to get to that like that's point. the problem right right yeah. that's what, you know what i was saying you know, you know you got your smaller schools that could never give the money that alabama or you know ohio state or usc could ever do and that's you know that does get into problems cuz you could still have your smaller schools that could still have great teams even though they can't pay them pay their quarterbacks three million dollars so yeah let them field a team let them play nine away games uh you know whatever they got to do to 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 make money i mean honestly if ohio state makes a billion dollars uh selling merchandise and and selling the jersey with my name on the back that money kind of goes to good stuff Mm -hmm. i mean ohio state has some awesome programs that are you know figuring out things uh, scientifically and and uh, you know they have all these programs sure University of Michigan has great research school yeah well University of Michigan football is paying for some of that research for, yeah for a lot yeah absolutely it's something like the football programs at um, most NCAA besides your there's a few basketball schools like obviously you know you got Kentucky and Duke that, that make a lot but for the vast majority of schools the football programs is what brings in all the money to fund your you know your neuroscientist programs and all those others right the, there's that there's no money behind mm-hmm. you know yeah so so like as far as our country go I, I hate to use you know i don't want to wrap it up like with our country but as far <laughs> as like human advancement goes yeah let's take billions of dollars of of money from old boosters because he went to the university of michigan in 1950 so he g- writes a hundred thousand dollar check right. to the university every time they do good yeah. in football mm-hmm. fuck it take his money mm-hmm. and use it to advance the fucking species right <laughs> exactly totally agree with that. <laughs> excuse my language <laughs> no i totally agree with that absolutely all right man well that i mean that about wraps up i guess everything that i've 
uh, that I've kind of thought about on the, on this topic for now, th- it's going to be something that's going to be increasingly relevant. I think actually, especially as yeah. as we kind of you know you mentioned at the beginning of the show, sports is actually w- becoming much more relevant when it comes to the political and societal discussions. That I think with all this new CTE research and with all these new athletes coming out, you know, just against the NCAA in general and their rules that we are going to see more of a conversation around this. So, so man, I really do appreciate you taking the time to do this. Is there anything else that you had wanted to mention about this? No, man. Uh, yeah. Thanks for the invite. It's awesome just to, to talk about something that's not the Browns. <laughs> right. Well, and I was going to say, if you would like to plug uh, your show, if you want to tell everyone, I know it's, you know, it's more of a, a niche thing for, for Browns hosts, but I, like I mentioned, you, you guys do a great job. It's not like every other, poli- or not, uh, I'm that was like a Freudian slip. It's, it's not like every other <laughs> sports show that brings in politics all the time and wants to preached on your face it's just two awesome browns fans that just want to talk browns but if you want to yeah. if you want to just uh, plug your show real quick go for it yeah we try not to talk politics we try to keep it to brown like we want to go deep browns we want to talk about the players we want to talk about uh you know what, what's going on on the field and we, i think we do a pretty good job of that absolutely <laughs> absolutely so and for those wondering it's called surviving the season i know you're on google play because that's what i listen to you on but uh what's the other platforms yeah, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, all that, uh, pretty much anywhere you can find it. Yeah, Surviving the Season, uh, Cleveland Browns. Uh, you can hit us up on Twitter at STS Podcasts. Uh, yeah, man, appreciate it. All right, it absolutely. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like more information about this episode or any others, feel free to go to MikeSkinnerMedia.com. There you will find the links mentioned throughout this episode, as well as other information worth looking into. If you would like to contact me, you can either follow me on Twitter or Instagram at Mike Skinner with three N's. That's at Mike, S-K-I-N-N-N-E-R. Or you can send in your questions on the homepage of my website. And please don't hesitate to contact me if you have any ideas worth sharing or would like to be a guest on the show. Also, check out my new weekly news and politics podcast co-hosted with Patrick Foran called Beyond the Lead. And lastly, if you would like to support me monetarily, you can find those resources at MikeSkinnerMedia.com support.